The Insulone Podcast is brought to you by Cybionics, an emerging CGM brand that focuses on simplifying how individuals aged 18 and above monitor and control their blood sugar levels. Upon becoming available on the market, the Cybionics GS1 CGM has helped users worldwide navigate the complexities of diabetes management with more confidence and peace of mind. Thanks to Cybionics, now more people are able to view and share their real-time glucose data, receive customizable glucose alarms, and generate full AGP reports, all directly from an intuitive Cybionics app, empowering them with the necessary information to make better decisions about their health. Cybionics combines data accuracy and comfort of wear, which is important to us all, with a feature-rich app. The 14-day scanning-free and calibration-free Cybionics GS1 CGM aims to deliver reliable, seamless diabetes management experiences. For more, check out CybionicsCGM.com. Welcome back to my chat with Ryan Taylor. I hope you enjoyed part one, and now it is time for part two. So how did you feel both physically and mentally going into the Geordie Shore house so soon after this experience? So you, we had to do, obviously, it's COVID. You have to make sure all the COVID tests are passing and everything like that. So we had two weeks of isolation as well. So I was told, um, I was told, and I was told I was going in mid-season. So at this point, I'm thinking, okay, I've had two weeks off. I'm going to go in. I'm going to have two weeks in, in the house, uh, just in the hotel room, chilling. And then I'm going to go in probably half a in. So I reckon I've got, I think I've got another three, four weeks here. So I'm thinking, perfect. So again, I'm, I'm in isolation. I've been told, by the way, I've been told before you go into the house, you need to, they need to see your leg and they need to see that you're okay. And I was thinking, great, because <laughs> I'm not okay. Um, <laughs> but um, we get in there, I'm eating good, and my mate's in another room down the, the hall that like we were both on the show at the same time. So I'm spending all day talking to him, I'm talking to my friends. It was one of the better times of my life because <laughs> uh, you're getting paid good money to sit around, eat food. And I'm literally thinking, Do you know what, if I was at home, I didn't do this show right now, all I would be doing was this. You'd be sitting around, you'd be trying to eat good, you'd be trying to train a bit and get, yeah, and trying to rehab the leg. So it's essentially, it was almost like a concentration camp for the recovery of the leg. It was uh, mm. it was really good. So that was the positive. Negative was you're about to go on television. Um, you're casted as being this, like, I'm, I'm, this is what I'm guessing anyway. They, they're casting me as being like a party boy because of the job. Uh, fun, outgoing, loud gym guy, basically. And I'm probably in the worst shape of my life right now. <laughs> I I haven't trained for weeks. I've been pumped for these drugs that are not good for your your muscle. Uh, they're not good for anything, really, half of these drugs. And I'm sitting there absolutely just thinking, I it was probably a drama queen when I was in isolation, like just overthinking everything because all you've got are your thoughts. Like, like you're in there for 24 hours a day, like alone. Yes, you can call your friends, but you you are overthinking everything. I'm just seeing, and then also I'm just like your serotonin, like my happiness. Um, I one thing I will think most people who know me will say is I always happy, always having a good time. And during this, although I was having fun in isolation, it's like I, I didn't feel normal. So. I'm there literally questioning everything. I'm there speaking to producers like, by the way, when you ro- roll the little VT, like this is Ryan, 
what photos you're using <laughs> and they're like why and i'm there like because i don't want to use my best gym ones because I, I don't look like that right now <laughs> and i'm like overthinking every little thing down to that um so it was it was a time that was it was quite hard mentally i think that's one of the hardest mental experience i ever had but also i think once i did it i remember just being like you know what like who cares <laughs> like they, i got to the point where i was like i was getting wound up over stupid stuff and i was there like who cares like if someone says oh well he, he like accuses me of not that not being my, my actual physique or whatever like who the hell cares because no one actually knows what you've gone through right now at the end of the day you're still doing something class like if i let this get too much into my head i'm gonna go and have a worse experience actually in the show rather than enjoying something that not many people get to do hmm yeah, massive credit to you for even having that attitude around the whole experience because I would imagine how difficult it is to do. And as you've said yourself, you, you're kind of consistently a happy, loud, outgoing sort of person. And was that the first time, Ryan, when you were in that isolation that you didn't really feel as if you were yourself? Yes, that's when I... I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm having a great time, I was saying, because my friend's going through the same experience. We're, we're sitting there, sending each other stuff about Julie Shaw, like, oh, let's watch this. Like, who do you think you're going to, like, couple up with or whatever? Like, having a laugh, just talking about girls, <laughs> talking about what food we're ordering for dinner, like, just <laughs> chilling and sitting there saying, I can't believe we're getting paid to do this. <laughs> like, that's, like, literally what we were saying to each other. So that, that part of it is great. But then you can only speak to him for so long, and then you are literally left with your own thoughts. And then it's like... And you, do, I said, you you do overthink it, and I I, I knew I wasn't myself because I'd be on the phone to my mates and that, and like I feel like I have like a certain friends who we were meant to be friends, or we are like the same person, and I would be talking to them, and I would literally be overthinking my head, thinking I would usually get way more laughs out of them in a convo, and I'm not getting it right now. There's something wrong with me, and that's how deep I was overthinking stuff. And I was thinking I'm going into the TV show, not me. Like I can't get a laugh out of my own friends. This isn't good. <laughs> So, like, there really was this whole, like, mental aspect to it that was just driving me crazy. And I was doubting everything about myself on the show. So, mm. What sort of impact then, Ryan, has that whole experience had? Because I know you mentioned to me briefly, obviously, that this sepsis infection or, the, like, the sepsis had led to potential adrenal insufficiency mm. or even potentially Addison's disease. So where are you at right now? um th this is yeah so it's unfortunately it, sepsis i took it as um you come out of there i've survived the surgery i didn't die i didn't lose my leg happiness and i had this happy after joy show i had this feeling of like do you know what this could have been the worst year of my life and actually i'm gonna make it the best year of my life i didn't take into account the fact that <laughs> there is some horrible after effects of sepsis Septi sepsis after effects are almost as bad as sepsis like there are so many things to the point of like there's certain stuff you just cannot absorb anymore there was medications i had to take via a tube in my nose um there's just so many random things the uh, adrenal insufficiency being the main one uh cortisol is still to this day currently my biggest battle uh we're working with and i call it i, I call it diabetes type, like not type 2 like part 2 because your cortisol is so mirrored to your diabetes and they still even though it's been a year we still can't totally work out what is causing this adrenal insufficiency i from everything I've, that i really do think is the, the sepsis aftershock um so i have to now take cortisol uh which hydrocortisone uh without it i will 
I was bottom out blood sugar wise. Like I, I did a basically five days in October of 2021 where I didn't inject a single <laughs> unit of Traceba or Nova Rapid, and I ate probably five six meals a day, and I was going low. And it, 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 I mean, look at that compared to five months earlier. Five months earlier, I'm taking two fifty units just to get me down to range, mm. and now I'm eating. God knows how many hundred grams of carbohydrates and not injecting a single thing and just going low and controllably. Um, and this happened like while I was at work. So I'm there, like people think I'm an absolute slacker at work. So I'm not doing one, <laughs> I'm doing one thing. I'm sitting there with five cans of Coke, <laughs> but it was because it, it, obviously when you first realize it, you don't know what it is. So you've still injected your, your 12 units of Traceba that day. And then really, I didn't even need a, a single unit. So I think so in a ho- I'm in a whole deficit for the whole day where I'm trying to make up for it. And any little bit of activity is then plummeting my blood sugar. So that happened for about five days. Didn't do anything. Not, and I was like, I actually said, like, well, I, I'm scared to train at the minute. Like, I'm scared to go to sleep. Uh, I'm having 100 grams of carbohydrates before I go to sleep. Like, this isn't right. Um, so back into hospital, my favorite place. <laughs> always there. Yeah. Uh, and then they, they immediately gave me a big shot of cortisol, cortisol and they were like we think it's cortisol um and then got prescribed high cortisol and just didn't feel right on it felt awful on it um i had like a few months on it i remember saying to them i really don't think i need this like test my cortisol tell, tell me what it is at eight o'clock 12 o'clock 4 p.m and 8 p.m for example because they have you can buy personal home tests of it like that but the, um, the medically they, they are not used anymore they use a one time a day cortisol test and every time they test you uh, in the hospital, it's like in the evening. And at that point, your cortisol is meant to be low anyway. Yeah, so I was like, we're not really doing much to find. We're not meant to. We're not really doing much to find out the actual cause here. Like, we're, you're testing me at a time where it should be low, and then saying, "Oh God, it's low. You must have Addison's." Um, and that's literally what they were going based off. And the fact that I'm very tanned, uh, a side effect of having low cortisol and Addison's disease is you get hyperpigmentation. So instead of uh, taking into account the fact that I just use a lot of sunbeds, they they thought that was <laughs> <laughs> they thought that was literally a, a glaring symptom of Addison's. And I just said like I can't believe this is how we're di- diagnosing medical conditions. Like it's crazy. Um, so personally, I, I really didn't think I needed it at that time. Um, I did definitely need it to get me out of this crazy shock that I was going through. Uh, they thought it was uh, like Addison's crisis, I think it's called. Um, and then all of a sudden, my, I'm, I'm back to my usual receiver and stuff. And I just feel awful on these medications. Come off them. Um, and cortisol plays a massive impact on all your sort of uh, pituitary hormones and adrenal hormones. So my thyroid sort of now become a factor in this. And thyroid also plays a factor in, in, in your diabetes management. Mm. If you have an overactive thyroid, for example, you need more insulin. If you have an underactive, you need less. Uh so it's like all these things that are now becoming stuff that I have to monitor and now all tied back to my diabetes and can affect my diabetes. So at the heart of it, it, the main thing that I've always needed to control is now getting messed about by all this other stuff because of the sepsis shock. Mm. Uh, and then this year, again, it happened where I've just gotten low uncontrollably. Um, and then I generally did actually have some hyperpigmentation this time, so I let them have it. I agreed with them. Uh, they diagnosed it as Addison's, and uh, we're back on the cortisol, but I negotiated the dose. I think the dose was the issue last time. They put them on a really high dose, and I got all these side effects of having sky-high cortisol, basically. So now, basically, to absorb my insulin better, to uh, help my thyroid work better, I 
have to take uh, cortisol spread out three times during the day. Um, basically, a big dose when you wake up, and then two small doses throughout the day. And it's been it's been good to be honest. Like it's actually I actually enjoy taking it. I feel better on it, which I, I cannot say the same. For, that's not how I fight in the winter anyway. And is that something now, Ryan? You have to do consistently. That's yep. That's it's uh, it's another lifelong one. It's um, it's yeah, and it, like I say, it pays just a bigger part in my diabetes management as your diabetes, your insulin requirements do. For example, if my cortisol is low, um, your diabetes is also going to be low. Like you're going to become mm-hmm. very insulin sensitive. Uh, your body, your body's going to put all of its focus on producing cortisol, and then your blood sugar will drop. Just like if I <laughs> took too much of the hydrocortisone. Uh, I'd be needing to up my receiver to balance that out. So it's it's one of them that they they work hand in hand. But it's it's you know, it's like a challenge. It almost changes things up. It's almost like it's almost like things got too too the same for too long, and now it's like I'm dealing with like the the, the disease just on a whole new level because it's like everything I do, I've got to factor in not just my blood sugar, I'm factoring in my cortisol levels and how that will then affect my blood sugar. So how does a day now? differ with all of these other variables that you need to monitor compared to a time prior to the infection um, and the sepsis i think the big thing is just take take dose at the same you, you know the old way of doing um injections where you do is it two, was it two times a day they used to do back uh, for oh, a type one i think it depended on i think it might depend on the person i think yeah. that's a, the my very first experience i think with with diabetes was i would do an injection at 7 a.m every morning for example and then injection i had to do injections at set times that's essentially what it is uh with addison's so i have to so no matter what you've got to take these cortisol at the same time every day um and then see how it and then if you if you're having a normal day it should play it should work out the same every day it's it's not like it doesn't, there's not as many things affect your cortisol. like you know like heat can affect your insulin for example mm. there's not as many as many small things that affect your, your cortisol but there's also for example like we're still trying to learn when i drink do i need more cortisol or do i need less uh when i exercise do i need more and if i take more do i then have to counteract it with more insulin this so it's it's literally like a learning curve i'm i'm back to being a science experiment for the next probably 12 months just till i get uh almost like a a handbook in my head of okay when i do this my body's going to react with this and i'm going to do this to counter it because that's exactly what basically i what it was for us when i first got type 1 diabetes i I, from day one i was 10 years old and i was there like i need to be the most educated person on my diabetes in the room because i'm not going to have my parents around me much when i'm older um so you had to i had to work out how each diet how each bit of exercise how like i said the heat being in the sun all day would affect my insulin requirements and it's now i've basically got to do the same for another disease yeah and that you kind of hit the nail on the head there about how you want to be the most educated in the room Mm. and diabetes obviously is one of those conditions that the more you know essentially the easier it can be because you can spot patterns trends you can see what's going to spike you what's going to drop you all these different things that are consistently so relevant to our lives do you feel as if you're almost going through that whole learning process from day one again yeah that's what i say it literally feels like diabetes 2.0 it feels like it's the original thing because I'm doing all of it for a new medication, a new um, 
condition, but it all links back to diabetes. Cause like I said, if, if I, if I get my quarters wrong, then my diabetes isn't going to be right. So, um, because of that, I've recently just been put, I'm going to do my first day actually this week or a great week to do it. Uh, being diabetes week, uh, I'm moving over to the, uh, freestyle Libra sensor so I can more accurately see like, cause obviously you can't sit, sit around doing blood tests 50 times a day. Mm. So I can sort of see how every little, action that i take during the day if i have a stressful day at work how that is affecting my blood sugar and then almost then it's going to be easier to work out how it's affecting my cortisol as well um because yeah if i can get a really good grasp on okay my blood sugar and my my blood sugar went up at this time it's sort of it's almost indication of um your cortisol they almost mirror each other so it's going to be uh, so i'm moving over to the freestyle lever so hopefully i can document some progress on that hmm. before we pressed record on this today ryan we were obviously having a brief chat and mm-hmm. you said with all of your experiences in your life it's either been a win or a learn or a lesson when you yeah. look back over this whole experience how do you feel about it? what lessons do you feel you've taken from it what what can you take away from it um yeah because it probably it probably it, it, actually there is wins in it as well there's wins and lessons on this because there's wins in terms of like i guess life appreciation <laughs> like mm. how, how close you you were like multiple times during this to being like cause it's not just like the sepsis and the blood infection like i said that week where i'm going into like um addison's shock and my blood sugar is going to control below that's just as dangerous for my life as um be having the blood infection to be honest it may be even more dangerous because the blood infection like i said i was in the hands of doctors and i was on antibiotics like one night of that shock and having um uncontrollably low blood sugar it could be game over so there's almost a a greater focus on health um that's a big lesson like you, you can't just sort of guess your way through this one it's like, like I said, I've always wanted to be the most like, educated in the room, but there's probably times where like, I felt like I must take the eye off the ball and like you just coast diabetes wise. Like now that you can't really when you're taking the causal into play as well. Um, but yeah, the, the great appreciation for knowing that like, you know what, <laughs> like you came very close like multiple times. Uh, so valuing how first, like you will never catch me uh, doing my old lifestyle, um, partying abroad all summer, all year round. At one point, I was doing it year round uh, and working like nightclub promotion. Like it, I, I honestly don't think I would last the summer doing that now. So definitely a change in direction, I reckon. Mm. You said you went to Ibiza after the Geordie Shore experience. Was that to work throughout the summer, or what was that, Ryan? It was an attempt to work throughout the summer. Um, I have this really bad thing. Me and my friends talk about it because my three best friends, they've been on like other big UK rally shows. And we always talk about it like we have like almost like adrenaline dumps. After you do something quite cool that you've always wanted to do in your life and experience, it's really hard just to go back to reality. Uh, Come out of the Joy Show house, was buzzing, had like my birthday, thought I was going to go back to work. And was like, you know what? Can't do it. <laughs> I need to go back to Ibiza. Like I, I just had a really cool experience. Didn't take into account, like, you know what, Ryan? Like you didn't recover properly from the illness. You probably should maybe spend three months just looking after yourself. No, I um, instead I booked that one way flight. Went back out there to attempt to work, and I couldn't. I physically couldn't. <laughs> I uh, found out very quickly that like one night of drinking. Uh, that before I probably could do five months straight of maybe three to four hours sleep a night, drinking at night, couple hours kip up in the morning, 
at work, uh, partying at night in the clubs, because that's obviously your job. Um, I could do that for five months before. And if I did one night of it, I would honestly sleep for two days, no word of a lie, two days, which again is very dangerous for diabetes because you two days you can go quite considerably low, can't you? Um, two days without uh, medication. But I would, I honestly couldn't wake up. Like I was that out of it. And I think that was the cortisol issue starting. Um, I was, uh, but I just couldn't bring myself to wake up after drinking. So I didn't last long. I think I was out there for about a month. <laughs> and then I had to come home. I realized that, like, do you know what? We're not really getting anywhere with this. <laughs> so you that feel was it was... That was, definitely, that was definitely a learn situation. I learned, <laughs> yeah. I learned that sometimes I push it far too far. <laughs> Sounds like it. So you feel as if your experience going back to Ibiza and chasing that previous five-month experience, mm. that was kind of like your turning point to really looking after or even just identifying the fact that there was an issue yeah, almost longer I, term yeah i mean I, at first i just thought oh maybe i'm tired like <laughs> but then when it was become it, it was i thought it was so bad for uh like my one of my girl mates who i saw speaking to at the time she'd be like oh we'll go, we'll go out to this house party tonight uh, after the club and then we'll we'll get up like maybe afternoon tomorrow and we'll, we'll go and plan this. She'd plan some of us to do it. I'd sleep for two days. <laughs> like, she'd be like, we had plans, so what are you doing? I just at first thought I was tired um, and then realised, like, you know what, there's a bigger issue here. Like, my body literally can't handle any stress at the minute. Um, and then that sort of, to me, was like, you know what, like, I mean, I'm still going to go to all these places. I'll go to Ivy for this somewhere on a holiday, but I'm never going to put myself in the position where like that's my lifestyle because, I again, I just don't think trying to manage diabetes was hard enough doing that uh trying to manage your cortisol and all your other hormones which are affected by your cortisol um i think it'd be mission impossible to be honest now that you mentioned it ryan i'm curious to know how you did manage your bloods with that kind of year-round experience of being a nightclub promoter where where i would imagine there are a lot of late nights a lot of drinking massive lack of sleep how was that experience I, I think I don't make life easy for myself in terms of <laughs> <laughs> in terms of like even just diet like I know what works for me if I do um if I do like a moderately low fat diet uh I, I would be very insulin sensitive if I do a, a, a keto diet like I, I, I won't be insulin sensitive as per se but you won't need much insulin at all because it's very low carbohydrate um when I'm in the sun and I'm having a good time, unfortunately, all that goes out the window. I do, I have to, if I'm at a bar, I'm probably not getting vodka, diet coke, I'm probably getting a cocktail. Um, I'm probably having an ice cream during the day because it's so hot. One thing that saves me is I worked in these places, Miami, Ibiza, Vegas, so hot, my activity level like number one it's amazing for getting in shape <laughs> that's actually my number one uh, fitness tip for people but if you're doing 20, if you're doing twenty thousand steps in that heat a day i tell you what like you're you, that i think just my base rate of like blood sugar came down but then obviously now you're thrown into things that you wouldn't usually have in your life like if i'm at home i'm not making a sex on the beach at 11 p.m <laughs> but like it like for example if i'm abroad i probably will have it so uh, my actual instinct control during the day was probably tighter than ever because like I said, I'm being so active uh, in this hot climate, but then I'm doing these things that are making it very hard for myself. I think one thing I would always try and do is just, I mean, test as much as you can. Obviously, that's the only way you're going to learn. Uh, and you, there's no routine out there, but you can get a rough routine. For example, you're going to finish the clubs around the same time every night. If you're going to an after party, 
you might know that, okay, if I stop drinking at four o'clock, you're going to get that, you know, you get the dip after you have alcohol. You're going to get that dip in blood sugar, maybe six o'clock. Like you, you can start putting together some rhythms in your head um, to make it easier because you, you can't change lifestyle. If you're doing that job, you're going to do all these things. Um, but you can, you can just account for it. Like you're going to do roughly the same stuff most days. I think that's the only thing that saves me, to be honest, when I did that job. It was, it was a crazy thing to do with diabetes, but the routine I think if if you have a routine in anything, you can you can manage around it. Mm. It's funny. I'm thinking now. I've gotten to the stage now, Ryan, where I have one night out, and I'm I'm dying for two or three <laughs> days afterwards. Whereas now I I wasn't club promoting or doing it yeah. year round. You seem like a different animal, and you'd be able to do that consistently. I wouldn't have the energy for it. I mean, I like I said, I can't do it now. <laughs> yeah, that, I can't do it now. But I used to be that guy who, like, when I went out to Ivy for the first time, uh, just turning twenty-two, um, went out there, and you'd always hear like the people, like you'd have like your aunties, uncles, or whatever, just older people in life, like, oh, you can only do that because you're young. I used to think, like, fuck off. <laughs> like, I'm, <laughs> I'm built, di- I'm built different. Like, but like now, I'm twenty-five, and like I dread a night out. Like I being the position i'm in at work i won't go out now if i've got work the next day just because i know how much it affects me and i'm only 25 now it's only been a couple years yeah, like yeah. it's not like i've added 10 years but it's like yeah i honestly think the best two years of my life and nothing will ever come close to being a 22 year old kid living in las vegas living in miami living in ibiza when you're coming from like a, a small city in in england like I, I without being like oh I did all this. It's like, I don't think anyone was doing that um, to do all three of them and then year round as well. But at the same time, it's like, you know, I, I think I've probably paid the price. <laughs> like I'm probably, I'm probably paying it back on a high interest rate now because it, because <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't handle drinking well anymore. I try and uh, I'm trying to quit, cut it out as much of my life as I can, like um, special occasions. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even then it's like, you know what? I probably, I feel like I'm just a better person in general, <laughs> straight headed. Mm-hmm. So maybe, uh, maybe in the future, I'll give myself a challenge and try and kill it out completely. But, but looking back, you wouldn't change a thing. There's no point even changing a thing because as, mm-hmm. as you've said yourself, they were the best years that you've had up to this point. So why would you change anything? You know? Yeah. There's, and there's... even looking back on mine, like when I, when I was initially diagnosed, I was 19 I could go out 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24. I'd wake up the next morning as if I had a 20 hour sleep. But now if I even sleep one hour less, <laughs> I, I, I feel as if I feel for basically a week afterwards. So I feel I'm fair, past my prime at this stage. That's how I get. I think it's almost. I think there's certain <laughs> times in your life where it's hard getting it, like hard being diagnosed. Because sort of 19, you've already got into your rhythm of going out. Like, for example, most people start at like 17, 18, going out to the clubs and stuff. So you already do that. And now you've just got this diabetes thrown in on top of that. This is one thing I was glad about getting it as young as I did. Um, I basically had these years to learn how to control it, to learn how these different things affected it. And then it was like, okay, now alcohol is part of the equation. It was like I sort of built up to it. So mm-hmm. it's like I knew what how a lack of sleep would affect me. I knew how um, eating loads of sugar would affect me and how I'd probably feel having a dump wise where I injected loads of insulin, like how that would bring me down. But then then I had alcohol as well. Like, I think I probably would have been in a much worse position if I had got diagnosed during my party years. Mm. And it's an interesting one because I've had this conversation countless times with mm. countless people. And for me, it's that constant debate of, would you prefer to be diagnosed older or younger? 
And mm. everybody that I speak to prefers to be diagnosed at the age that they were diagnosed <laughs> because that's what they're used to. You know, of like course, for me, yeah. for you to say that you are happier that you were diagnosed younger is like obviously a great thing that you feel that way. But when I look at it that way, I think, God, I wouldn't be, I'm, I'm so glad I skipped the teenage years. Mm, yeah. 100%. But then you obviously look that way about when I was diagnosed. So yeah, it's nice I, that regardless of when anybody was diagnosed, it's kind of like that fits into your, it just fits into your whole experience and you wouldn't change yeah. it. I think diabetics in general always have just a positive out, outlook on life. So I think that's part of it being like, oh, I'm glad I got diagnosed when I did and they see the positive in it rather than negative. I think that's just a good thing about the community in general. Hmm. Um, there's obviously negatives to both. I do see it as like, God, I remember trying to, the years that you actually care about fitting in. Now I'd probably go as far out from trying to fit in with people as I possibly <laughs> yeah. can. But the years where you're desperate for some sort of like uh, people to recognize you as one of them, I, I was there pulling out a needle in class and stabbing it in my arm <laughs> and, mm-hmm. uh, and being that guy who's there like having to like test his blood sugar and doing it in front of everyone so everyone looks. And, uh, and like, it, it is, there is that, process of like they, there is definitely positive and negative diffs to it like um i i noticed some i recently did a, i had a really cool experience i was working with the bbc on a pre-production for a new reality show um and there basically was uh, the cast all there everyone's mingling getting to know each other and i overhear a dad um sort of talking about i hear diabetes i hear a few things and he's probably the, the great thing about this is it's the first time i've been involved in something that the cast was so diverse like age-wise so he's maybe like 55 so i'm thinking he's just been diagnosed with like one of the types himself so i go over and introduce myself start speaking and he starts talking about his daughter who's eight years old and her diagnostic story literally like replicates mine it was so similar in terms of being sick for months uh wet in the bed um almost like being in hospital and and just the the doctors not having any idea what it could be and i was like oh like so how old is she now is she rough like roughly my age and he's like oh this was six months ago and i was shocked i couldn't believe it because to me diabetes isn't the, the raising awareness isn't a thing to that. I thought everyone was aware. Like, like I said, it's diabetes week and everyone's talking about one in 14 people have diabetes. Um, and I was like, wait, you're telling me that she was sick for that many months. She lost all this weight. She came very ill out to go into hospital and the doctors had no idea it was diabetes. I was honestly, I couldn't believe it. I just, it, it, it's really like, that was a big game changer for me recently. It's made me shift my focus into being like, do you know what? Like, People like you obviously do it right. You are like a great edu- educational resource for diabetes, but the diabetes in community, diabetes community in general, like we can do more. Like we can do, we should do as much as we can to raise awareness. Because mm. I can't believe there's people out there who are getting diagnosed in 2022 and almost losing their life before they get diagnosed. Like that was shocking to me. So hearing mm. that and hearing just the thought of a girl, I don't know why. <laughs> I have all the respect in the world for girls and they can obviously handle things probably a lot better than me. But the thought of an eight-year-old girl having to inject herself every day, I, my heart goes out to mm. him and his daughter. And it, honestly, that was one of the hardest things to hear that. I honestly thought that was would she would have been similar to my age because the diagnosis story, story really replicated mine. I was like, yeah, they had no idea. I had the evil, all this stuff. And then you say like, yeah, it was only six months ago. And I thought... You're joking. I thought it's just, I thought people just knew about diabetes nowadays. And it, it, they honestly don't. Like it's, mm. it, it's mind blowing. Yeah, I know. It's an interesting one. And I kind of look at it as 
diabetes is like the most well-known condition worldwide as in if somebody word. hears the word diabetes yep. they know that that's a thing mm. but it's also so widely yeah. unknown because when it actually comes to the complexity or the finer details or even just the surface level level details the vast majority of people aren't even aware of it and they don't even know there's a difference between the types they don't yeah. even know like the different ways you can get it they don't even realize that anyone can get it <laughs> like it, mm. it is it is mind-blowing and it's almost I, I i'm going to be taking part in the diabetes uk like one million step challenge next moment i'm going to try and push myself and do two million though because I, I i do ten thousand steps a day anyway so i'm going to try and do that but um i just think now i've really seen like you know what like we need to like raise awareness because there needs to be i don't think the the manual the part about diabetes the chapter about diabetes in um a gp's like learning schedule should be two pages or I've, i remember seeing someone online saying it was on the smallest chapters of their whole uh, education for university it will be one of the smallest chapters and that is crazy because how many diseases are 24 hours a day that you've got to stay on top of them and can almost like kill you within a couple of hours if you mistime something there's so few mm. and i just don't think there's the education out there uh, for the people who will be treating us i understand that we have specialists which is amazing but also the gps are the ones who are maybe not seeing that little girl and not realizing that she had diabetes they're seeing now they're seeing all these symptoms and they're thinking oh what could it be and they're not catching on that it's diabetes um i just think a general blood te- like when people go in for a general gp checkup why is there not just a blood test is part of that like a blood sugar test mm. because that will instantly tell you if they're sky high there's something wrong And look, as we both know, Ryan, the earlier the signs and symptoms are discovered or noticed, potentially that can be life-saving. So it can prevent you from going into severe DKA and even worse, which obviously everybody wants to avoid. So if we can spot those signs and symptoms as early as possible, it's only going to be a massive positive. 100%. I have one more question for you, right? And you spoke of, again, as I said earlier, either a win or a lesson with pretty much every experience that you have so i always like to finish the podcast with this question and i get some varying answers which is always great to hear but ryan mm-hmm. if you had the opportunity to thank your diabetes for something what would that be oh god one thing this is is it, it can be multiple thing? it can be one multiple. whatever whatever comes to mind um to me you're you're never gonna get um uh, again i'm probably not as educated in type two as i should be um so i don't really know what goes into their day-to-day management i actually recently just started working with a type two so i'm trying to pick up things every day and how he does it um he sort of had it for years and very set in his way so i don't think he's the (laughs) the model representation of how to manage it but he's giving me like basically his dose of like metformin examples stuff that he does i'm trying to learn on that every day but for i'm gonna say for type 1 diabetic so not to exclude her you're never gonna get a useless type 1 diabetic like you you have to you have to have such control over your own life and um responsibility accountability because if if not you won't you won't last like if you get at a young age they they teach your parents everything but like i said i feel like most people are probably like me where it's like do you know when i'm 18 i don't know if i'm good i don't want i don't want to be asking before i go on my first lad's holiday mum what do i do if i'm lower what, what how much do i inject for eating this so there, there's a certain 
you take control of your own life from the minute you get it because like i said you have you have there's more of a risk on you than the average person if you get that dose of insulin wrong it could be potentially fatal um I mean, it's probably the best. The best I've ever been in maths is probably due to diabetes. <laughs> I got a pretty good score. <laughs> I got a pretty good grade in maths at school, and like I said, it's because you're sitting there like a mad scientist, and it's like it's not only just like two plus two equals four in terms of how many carbohydrates you eat. You're taking into account what did I do hours ago, what am I going to do, what are the st- stresses and impacts are going on in my life right now, which are going to affect that. Um, and I just think like there's there's something about someone with type one diabetes who they they they're given this sort of like challenge in life but like i said earlier to you like i've never met one with like a bad outlook on life you never get the the, the pick me people who oh like pity me like everyone is there like you know what we're doing it and we still manage to, there's so many examples of people who manage to live their life look at you like you, you're doing so many like multimedia things in such great shape like it's almost like the average person if you said oh owen Steinbeck, they'd be like no chance and it's because it, uh, there's not this understanding that there's there's now people, I saw there was a professional boxer on your podcast last week. There's people who are doing like the most high level things in life and they're doing it with diabetes. And I think it almost it almost makes them better at everything else in their life. It teaches you, like I said, accountability, responsibility. It, it allows you to like prioritize the most important things in your life. And you, you're not going to have bad organizational like, skills as well because you, <laughs> you need to be very organized. Like, you don't go out of the house. You don't go on a big trip without some sort of uh, backup insulin. You've got to have all your medication. You have to have it all planned, um, high post stuff. Like you, it really, it, it, it sort of does consume life in a way, but almost gives you life skills that are invaluable. Love that. And a really nice perspective to have and to finish on. And it's like diabetes can be such a relentless condition, mm. but as a result, there's no alternative for you not to manage it because you just need to manage it each day when you wake up. And as a result, I feel as if that makes you relentless in terms of your work, your schedule, your routine, your training, all of these things that you can be relentless in. It's with diabetes, one of the best things as well that I I think I saw this on TikTok. I saw diabetes. I'm doing research in a minute because I, going to start doing more diabetic stuff on tiktok i think there's just not many people doing it uh, and i also wanted to just sort of track my own progress trying out this new freestyle libra <laughs> libra test kit but um i saw this thing that it said like diabetes is like the perfect like comparison to life in terms of like life you can have a bad day but like every day is like a fresh day you can you start fresh in the morning and it's almost it's the same with like diabetes like you, you wake up every day you might have had a rough day hypers hypers anything bad energy because of your diabetes but the next day, like I said, you've 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 had a good day. You've either won or you've learned from yesterday. And then, okay, we know what not to do tomorrow. How are we going to try and improve it? So each day is like a fresh day. Fresh day, and like I said, the best thing to do is literally take it a day at the time. But just pick up on if you have a routine in your life. Like if I was I was able to make a routine during the most hectic, craziest years out of my life, like <laughs> there was no routine, but I made it a routine of, okay, I'm not going to be in the exact same place at 4am every day, but between 4 and 6am, I'm probably doing this. And then mm. I can sort of work out how that's going to affect my diabetes. So you can make a routine out of anything. I think that's literally what is allowing people to still do amazing stuff with diabetes because you can work, you can work, you can manage your disease around whatever you do. 100%. Wise words, Ryan. And I have to say, 
hearing the experience you had and the true extent in which you went through the stress and the like the fear almost even about the thought of losing your leg to come out the other side and have this sort of attitude is amazing and inspiring to hear so i appreciate you sharing on the podcast and really thank you for your time so thanks for coming on right thanks so much for having me it's been fun ryan where can people find out more about you or connect with you personally uh so my instagram oh god i've changed it recently um a work-related issue <laughs> i didn't know it's not ideal when you've been on reality tv when you get a new job so i had to change my instagram <laughs> handle just because then it discount any articles i've noticed this any articles like wrote about you on the internet if, and if you change your instagram handle it will disconnect them all from your name so uh my new instagram handle is ryan cb taylor um i will be on tiktok very shortly um like i said i'm going to be tracking my uh fitness results and my general results with the two million step challenge i am doing from july to september um i will also be trying to make sense out of having a libra uh testing sensor which i've never had before so that's going to be an experience um so yeah i think right now like diabetes is it's more at the front and center of everything than before because i i know i've obviously got it's such a big part of all the other health issues i've got um so it's a main focus of mine so yeah i'm hoping to do a lot of stuff in the diabetes field good stuff i'm looking forward to seeing what you bring to the table ryan and i know that your experience is going to add a lot of value to thousands of people out Mm. there so again thank you for your time appreciate it and i'll chat to you soon speak to you soon thank you another massive thank you to today's guest and if you haven't already be sure to check out their social channels and links that we've included in the episode description. If you enjoy the podcast, which I'm guessing you do because you listen, be sure to rate, subscribe, and share. It really, really helps the podcast get heard by more people when you rate, when you subscribe, and when you share. If you feel that you've been able to benefit from it so far, likely someone else would be too. If you have any questions or stories for myself and Graham, please do not hesitate to reach out. We absolutely love getting in the email stories and questions. You can do this through theinsalonepodcast at gmail.com. And if you would like to learn more from me, stay connected or even work with me and other people living with type 1 diabetes who want to be fitter, healthier, and happier within my type 1% better online program, You can message me directly through Instagram or you can fill out an application form through the link in the podcast description. And as always, another massive thank you to you for your time and your ears. We greatly appreciate you showing up each week, time after time, ready to gain knowledge and confidence around your diabetes management. So until next week, have a good day, have a good week, look after those blood sugars and I'll chat to you soon. Take it easy.